movie world is full of complainers. But the fact is, no film comes with a guarantee. Now I don't care if you're Steven Spielberg, president of Marvel Studios, or man of the year. Something can always go wrong. Now in here, we got it mapped out so that we reappraise stuff's best we can. That's the theory, anyway. Because what we think we know is things about movies. And in here, we and our opinions are on our own. <laughs> so yeah, Kevin's... we're talking noir today. <laughs> We've got a noir opening. <laughs> it was kind of like Kevin Spacey in House of Cons. <laughs> 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 you're listening Sorry, to Uncut Gems. <laughs> yeah, you're listening to the Uncut Gems Patreon exclusive retrospective for September 2022. And my name's Randy. My name's Jakob. And our dear friend Nicola, well, he couldn't be with us today. He is back from the Venice Film Festival 79 at the time of this recording, but he's dealing probably with what is a, a, a massive amount of items in his inbox so he's busy catching up on real life but i encourage everyone who's listening check out his twitter for his experiences at the venice film festival check out his reviews on clapperltd.co.uk and his twitter account nickygrod97 uh great stuff great insight into what films are going to be talked about uh, in the coming months um, to all you Patreon subscribers out there who are tuning in, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate every single one of you. Um, and also, we appreciate that you're spending your hard-earned cash on us. Thank you very much. We're just a small pod. And your contributions, in all sincerity, they help us pad our expense accounts. So thank you very much. Um, and if you're listening to this on the main feed, well, you're going to have about eight or ten minutes with us. And then we're going to trail off. So why not go over to patreon.com forward slash uncut gems pod and for three dollars a month you can uh tap into our directory which is now filled with two dozen almost three dozen conversations so there's a lot of good stuff on there for just three dollars a month four dollars canadian you can uh get what we're talking about join in our conversations we have already for september we have uh recently released uh, an episode where we were talking about Martin Ritz Ombre starring Paul Newman. Uh, that was the tie-in episode, which is tying into some of the things we're doing on the main show. Later this month, our Lynch Marathon continues, and this will be our ninth major film project, our 10th Lynch discussion that is there. And this month, we will be talking about uh, The Straight Story. And while I'm on it, I guess I might as well say on the main show, over at Uncut Gems in September 2022. We've just finished a little James Caan mini 1974 tribute. We talked about Freebie and the Bean. We talked about The Gambler. Uh, two lovely movies people should check out and people should also check out those episodes. They were really good conversations. And also this month, a little later, we will be talking about a couple Elmore Leonard uh, adaptations. We'll be talking about 52 Pickup, 1986 film and 1998's Out of Sight. And also um, on the podcast Death by Adaptation, which is hosted by our good friend Niccolo, he is having a, 
an upcoming episode talking about the Elmore Leonard novel Rum Punch and comparing it to the Quentin Tarantino adaptation, Jackie Brown. So there's all kinds of fun stuff happening uh, over on Uncut Gems and with Death by Adaptation. But today we're doing a mini retrospective on three films. They're somewhat tied into the main show, uh, not really through Elmore Leonard's version of neo-noir. They are connected to modern noir, yes, but modern noir, I'd say, via the Coen brothers. So today we're going to be talking about uh, these noirish tales, Blood Simple, Miller's Crossing, and The Man Who Wasn't There. So let's get things started with the Coen brothers' feature debut, 1984's Blood Simple. I know we can get those frames. Why'd you take these? What do you mean? Just doing my job? You called me, I knew they were there. Why'd you take them? Well, I don't know. Call the fringe benefit. How long you watch her? Most of nine. They'd rest every few minutes and they get started again. Hmm. Quite so. Hmm. You know, in Greece, They would cut off the head of the messenger that brought the bad news. So Blood Simple stars John Getz, who's not an actor I'm super familiar with, but he's been a working actor and has a lot of credits. I think at the time in 1984, he was uh, known for doing soap operas. This is also Francis McDormand's first film credit. Um, it also stars Dan Hedaya, M. Emmett Walsh. Uh, who I so artfully impersonated with the voiceover at the beginning of the episode, and Sam Art Williams. And it's a story about Marty. Marty is a bar owner. That's Dan Hedaya. He hires a private investigator to follow his wife, Abby. That's McDormand. And she's having an affair with one of Marty's employees, a bartender uh, named Ray. And that's John Getz. So Ray is fired slash quits sort of hard to say in the scene but at any rate he's not going to be working there anymore and he goes to marty and demands his back pay and because of the awkwardness of the affair and just the the hatred that marty has for ray he refuses to pay out and then after stewing a little while uh marty decides to rehire the private investigator and that's mm at walsh he wants to rehire this fellow to in fact go kill abby and ray and I guess what follows is a, a web of Cohen Brothers style double crosses, attempted murders, murders, misunderstandings, and the sly covering of one's tracks. And I guess most people would say it's it's sort of a slow-moving modern noir thriller. And I'll leave it at that because we'll get into a lot more details. Um, in terms of the production of Blood Simple, this film is the very genesis of the Coens becoming the Coens. So they really were not doing 
anything of note in the film industry prior to this film. One of them was working as a low-level production assistant, uh, that's Joel, and the other was working as a statistics clerk with Macy's, and I sort of presume that's the Macy's, the department store. Together, they write a statistics clerk. Yeah. Wow, what a strange position to work at at Macy's. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. So that's why I say with a little bit of doubt and questioning, maybe it's a different Macy's, but you know, I I presume it's Macy's, the the department store giant. But at any rate, these guys were just uh, film lovers. They write a screenplay together. And before they ever decide to shoot the movie, they make the decision that in order to fundraise, what we'll do is we'll make a trailer. So one night at a party, Joel meets a political studies graduate, a guy who's currently enrolled in film school, but he's a political studies grad who's just trying to, you know, figure his life out. And that's Barry Sonnenfeld. Sonnenfeld at the time was sort of keen to stay a full-time student. He was taking a film studies program. And to sort of help him with some funds himself, he didn't really know anything about cameras. He used to like still photography, but he liked the idea since he was in film school of having a camera. So he went out and he bought a film camera and he rented out the film camera just locally. So companies that wanted to make how-to safety videos or local commercials and even the odd porno, they would go to Sonnenfeld and rent his camera. But Sonnenfeld himself had no significant experience, but he had a camera. So the Coens rent Sonnenfeld's camera and they hire uh, Sonnenfeld to shoot this trailer. They shoot the trailer and the Coens had storyboarded this thing really thoroughly and they sort of know what they want for their trailer. So Sonnenfeld helps them shoot it. And Bruce Campbell actually helps out in shooting of the trailer, which is available on YouTube if you look it up, sort of a fun little watch. And then they take the trailer and they shop it around and they raise half of their ultimate budget. They raise $750,000 out of the $1.5 million budget. And so they got a great start. And that was enough to begin the production. So they hired Barry Sonnenfeld as cinematographer to shoot uh, Blood Simple. And Sonnenfeld is so green that on the day before they go into production, he has to find someone to train him on how to use the lights and the light equipment that they had rented. So these three guys are really, really green. Like, anyway, we'll get into that, but this is sort of the background here. Um, what they also do is they, they hire a couple, um, not necessarily known, but you know, certainly working professional actors, Dan Hedaya and M. Emmett Walsh. They pay them about $4,000 a week in, in cash per diems, which interestingly, you can actually see the imprint uh, in M. Emmett Walsh's pocket sometimes of a wad of cash because he was paid in cash. <laughs> so, so you can see that sometimes throughout the film. Uh, after hours after being paid. <laughs> they, they shoot the film over seven or eight weeks. Sometimes as the production goes on and on, the Coens just have to solve these problems. They have to manufacture their own camera riggings and Steadicam apparatus because the Coens are rigidly sticking to their elaborate storyboarding, which they had done thoroughly alongside of uh, their their script. They finish the film. The Blood, Blood Simple gets uh, picked up by a distributor. It gets a release. It basically makes its money back, making, I think, almost $3 million in uh, at the box office. It's critically lauded. People love it. Um, many call it 
the finest independent American film of the 80s, and others call it the best indie film debut by a filmmaker ever. Uh, so that's what Blood Simple is and where it came from. So, Jakob, tell me, what's the rumpus over Blood Simple? <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've seen, uh, uh, well, for the longest time in my life, uh, this movie has evaded me, and I've I mean, at this point, I think I'm. Let me just quickly just check. I think I've seen the mo- most of of Coen Brothers films. I'm, I'm still, I still have a few blind spots. One of one of which I've rectified tonight, not tonight, but for to, for tonight's recording. But I still, I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen Barton Fink, for instance. I don't think, or Intolerable Intolerable Cruelty. There are certain things I don't think I've seen. <clears throat> And um, Blood Simple for a very long time was one of those. And I've, like, a few years ago, I rectified this and I absolutely adored this movie. Jesus Christ, this is so good. <laughs> it's, it, on on so many levels, it just uh, took me by surprise because you know, like with with featured debuts for, from people in the 80s, there is always a danger where they may kind of look a little bit weird. Because it's it, for me, 80, the 80s is a strange era that I can't really put my finger on what's wrong with it. Because it's equally just enticing. Well, I, I don't get it. Like, this is a story of a comp- for a completely different day. But for me, like when I, when I think about just oh, let's watch let's watch a movie by someone who just debuted in the eighties. I have like like weird Vietnam flashbacks to watching like early Jim Jarmusch films. <laughs> and boy, this is a struggle. They're very short, but equally they're very long. If you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't think you do. <laughs> it's just, no, I get you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like I have this quote in my head always, and I and I never remember whether. This if you'd like to listen to this show in its entirety, head over to our Patreon over at Patreon.com/UncapGemsPod, where for only three bucks a month you will get access to this and many other bonus podcasts, such as bonus tie-ins to our regular show, themed retrospectives like this one, and comprehensive marathons. Patreon.com/UncapGemsPod is the place. Head over there and subscribe.